My name is Ryan Jansen, and uh, I'm an engineering researcher and composer uh, of uh, music. Uh, and so I've been working uh, on quite a few different uh, projects, ranging from uh, aerospace uh, engineering to uh, research on uh, fluid dynamics and turbulence uh, and acoustics. And uh, I've been working for some time on uh, some projects with Steve Mann. And uh, it's been a, Many of them have been very interesting experiences, and, uh, and I think that um, some of this technology that we're working on has quite a few broad implications for uh, society and raise a lot of questions, uh, philosophical questions, about uh, existing aspects of our society. Ryan, before we get to, to the deeper philosophical questions of your uh, work and of the things that you do, let me ask you first, why and how did you get interested in technology and music? And which one was your original love? I think I had uh, two passions um, from childhood. Uh, so as a kid, I grew up uh, in a very nice small town, actually the southernmost town in Canada, uh, in kind of a rural setting and uh, I had this inclination to uh, really understand technology and, and, uh, and install it actually out in the forest um, where uh, my cousins and I would be uh, talking on uh, intercom radios and actuating different uh, sensors and, and lights out in the forest. Now this is, this is kind of a fun thing to do as a kid and, um, and then eventually I, uh, I started a small uh, technology consulting company uh, starting from elementary school and uh, eventually uh, that evolved into doing consulting work for um, uh, a motion picture and uh, for uh, meteorological research, Environment Canada, uh, the Government of Canada. And, um, and so my passion for technology has, has always been there. Uh, and at the same time, um, this innate uh, pursuit of, of musical ideas has, has always been at the kind of core of my being, um, searching for a way to express these subtleties that I found were not being described starting from childhood uh, among my peers. These um, 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 feelings or these uh, these strong emotions that I would be sensing in the world around me, uh, whether that be uh, in natural landscapes uh, or or the, the, the passions of, of 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 different stories around the world that I would feel had music in them, and um, and so there's this this kind of uh, soul that's always wanting to be there in the music that I create. Um, so, so I've been writing music uh, for uh, uh, choir, orchestra, small ensembles, uh, bridging over to electronic music, uh, jazz influences, and so on. Um, so so within that, uh, I've also been working on quite a few um, more um, high-tech uh, performances and often my problem is that I, I get so involved with performances that I end up um, doing many things at the same time 
uh, in terms of uh, writing and arranging uh, and, and directing performers, but also having a strong technological component, um, uh, including video projection and processing of, of, of sound. Uh, and uh, all of that is kind of in order to, to better express um, whatever experience or emotion there is uh, to the audience. And, and among the performers. So, so it's been an interesting adventure. Let me stop you here for a second and challenge you. I, I don't think you're quite giving us the whole picture. You're saying that you have two passions, technology and music. I think both you and Steve actually have a third passion too, which is clearly nature, or being one with nature, being in harmony with nature. So can you talk a little bit about us? Uh, and and I, if I actually can go even as far as to claim that for you too, being one with nature and harmony with nature is clearly an overarching concern. In other words, both technology and music in a way have to fit inside of nature rather than oppose it. So would you mind talking a little bit about that? Um, well, I think that um, for me, uh, Per, on a personal level, uh, many of my uh, loves of, of music and of technology have been inspired by my connection to, uh, to nature and, and, and just this, this kind of scientific curiosity. But also, I, I think that um, we all know about many of the ways that uh, nature is being exploited. Um, uh, for for uh, for many different purposes and and um, and I think that uh, in many ways um, our society um, needs to uh, live off of the natural world but also be uh, inspired by the natural world um, and um, and one thing I've also noticed um, with uh, with people in different areas of research that are that are pursuing some kind of technology so so developing any any new technology um, there's this one aspect that sometimes is missing and that is um, kind of a um, a pursuit of, uh, of of technology that can create a more just society a technology that that can uh, open up lots of phil philosophical questions and 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 um, and have implications in our collective future that can bring us to a place that um, is 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 maybe more moral and ethical and somehow just and sometimes that uh, that sometimes our eyes can look very far towards a futuristic. Um, uh, imagination of, of things, but also uh, it sometimes can draw us back towards our earlier types of civilizations, civilization that is uh, closer to, to the natural world, not disconnected. Um, our, our world is so, um, our, our economy is so uh, fragmented and specialized uh, that you actually get a lot of people who are in uh, many different occupations um, that less and less understand the the, the real primordial uh, the, 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 the the natural world around us, uh, and at the same time, uh, even in engineering, you get uh, many people who sit in front of a computer uh, doing specialized, very very intricate specialized uh, tasks and calculations 
um, all the time, but they may have they may no longer know how to to screw a screw into the wall, kind of thing, and uh, and so a lot of these things speak to maybe um, a disconnect from from the reality of 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 the world around us um, as we get absorbed into. Uh, Pursuits and even uh, in technology, um, one thing that I notice is 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 this um, this pursuit of one's own uh, agenda, and sometimes that's careerism, um, where uh, where a lot of people uh, seem to be pursuing technology for its own sake, and uh, and I think that uh, this, the singularity community. Uh, is is right for looking to the future and trying to plan for a future world, um, and trying to imagine what that might be. Um, but I myself am not. I wouldn't call myself a futurist. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a person who would want to uh, hypothetically and 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 arbitrarily pursue any of many possible futures. Uh, I think we should be. Seriously thinking about what society we want, and uh, what kind of world that we want to live in that is more just, and uh, sometimes that doesn't come from pursuing any arbitrary technology, but it can come. It can come from really seriously understanding uh, philosophical issues about human nature, even which is not a technological issue necessarily, but I think. People who are scientists and who are engineers, uh, and also who are in the arts, who are musicians, who are visual artists, um, need to um, seriously think uh, not necessarily always about their own careers and about whatever they're doing to try to gain success, but they have to think about what can make. Um, Well, their effect on the world and and how it uh, how it fits in the bigger picture. So I just discovered that you have a fourth passion, which is philosophy and ethics. For sure, yeah. And uh, where is that coming from? Actually, that that's a very, that that I I could I could speak a lot to that. Um, now let me see here. Um, well, we live in a world today. For example, if you take the United States, where um, uh, a lot of what people uh, See in the world around them, uh, in terms of media, the media landscape uh, is controlled by much of it is controlled by uh, five uh, very successful companies um, that uh, influence much of what most Americans uh, perceive about the world around them. And uh, sometimes I, I question whether that is necessarily a good thing. And uh, in our different de democratic countries, um, we we have. We have kind of a, a, a good control system over society where we we can elect our governments, um, but um, part of that control system requires feedback. So this feedback loop that that consists of the media or our observations of society, and that's also books and newspapers, um, the full gamut to help us perceive the state of our world. And how we should change that, and uh, I think that it's important that that not get 
corrupted by um, people's um, other interests that, that might conflict with an honest assessment of, um, of uh, what the situation is. And, um, and uh, there is now so much um, interest in, um, in uh, careerism and, um, and if you look at uh, many of uh, journalists, uh, it's, it's more of an issue of, uh, of, of, of maybe the news desk um, where, um, where uh, there's more of an interest in uh, not alienating viewers or, or readers by not speaking things, speaking out when there's some kind of uh, thing that might uh, jar people. And jarring is what we need. And, uh, and I think um, uh, Steve Mann uh, does that well with, uh, with, with his uh, provocative um, uh, uh, questioning uh, the way he lives out his life as a cyborg, and uh, that's that's created so many different situations that have caused people to question um, things that they assumed are the natural order of things. The question that the, the assumption that surveillance is is uh, is is uh, is always good if it if it increases in its prevalence, um, and uh, and I think we I think we need more of that uh, among scientists as well. Uh, as well as uh, journalists uh, and also in the arts. Um, it seems like artists uh, sometimes um, sometimes artists get absorbed in a, a world of, of expressing uh, the, uh, the non-understandable or expressing things which are not meant to have meaning interpreted but I think that um, it's important to, to also have somebody who is creating art, uh, whether that's uh, music or visual art, uh, uh, poetry, so on, uh, that actually does have meaning and speak to honest truths in uh, the world around us um, and the world that might be. So, so, so people who are uh, interested in singularity issues uh, and, and, and people who are interested in the future of of our society, um, I think there there needs to be more of these questions being raised among uh, artists, uh, musicians, uh, composers, uh, scientists, uh, journalists, rather than just pursuing the same old grind uh, every day. Kind of um, well, I need just need to get my job done. So Ryan, let me ask you. Is the hydrolophone the embodiment of what you were talking about, the coming of nature and technology in one? And if yes, why should we care about playing it? I mean, what's this? I mean, we talked about the sound and so on, but the sound of a symphony orchestra sounds pretty good too. Why should we have water sound? Well, um, it's the hydrolophone is an instrument that does bring us uh, back to nature, uh, and I'm, in fact, uh, we've done some concerts out in forests, for example, um, and uh, that's been a pretty interesting experience because you 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 kind of um, even in the act of performance, the expression that you put into the music, even if it's uh, pre-composed or if it's improvised. 
um, is really affected by your surroundings. And um, there's something that you can put into music through a connection to the natural world uh, that you can't get if you are only in a performance hall or only sitting behind a desk every day uh, writing out uh, musical notation. Um, there's, there's some kind of connection to the, the, the world around us that um, can inspire. And I think the hydraulophone um, really has this, uh, this soulful quality to its sound and the way that it, it's performed in the first place that, 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 that kind of throws a monkey wrench uh, into, into even uh, so many concert performances. Um, so, so, for example, um, notice that, that many of the concert halls where we've had performances with hydraulophone and orchestra um, or solo hydraulophone pieces, um, usually it's the, the very best performance halls in the world that, that they say, okay, we, we want this performance to happen. It's usually the more mediocre concert halls where uh, there's a performance that's being set up, but then all of a sudden usually a, a, some kind of facilities manager uh, comes running out screaming uh, about the possibility of, of drops of water getting on the floor and so on. Um, but really it's the, the best performance halls and, and the, the, the most um, keenly aware uh, conductors, for example, who, who realize this, uh, we have to make this happen. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's really led to some uh, very uh, interesting performances around the world. What are some of your favorite projects you've done so far? So some of the performances with hydraulophone, uh, there have been a number of them in New York City, uh, San Francisco, uh, in uh, Orlando, Copenhagen. Uh, was an interesting performance because it took place, uh, it, it was kind of an experimental music performance, but it took place uh, at a place called the Vandkulturhuset, and in Danish that means water culture house. So it has this, this, uh, this uh, very interesting performance area where half of the audience, in this case, was, was sitting in fine attire in, in seating for this concert. The other half of the audience was using snorkels and were able to swim through water to be able to hear the sound more directly of, uh, of these instruments. So uh, there were some hydraulophones uh, underwater and some uh, above water and, and other instruments as well. Um, and so, so uh, some of the uh, performers slash uh, scientific demonstrators uh, of, of this, this event um, we're going back and forth between above water and underwater. Uh, one of the people uh, was actually a, a cer certified scuba person, so he had uh, he, he was able to uh, stay underwater for the full duration uh, of the performance. Um, so, so some of these kind of uh, uh, unusual events that combine uh, science with with uh, with music. Some of the performances with hydraulophone not only involve music but also kind of an understanding of science, so science demonstrations, because the hydraulophone really uh, raises uh, a lot of uh, issues, of, of fundamental issues of, of physics um, that, uh, that are really good tools for uh, science education. And also, um, it's actually required a lot of research, uh, physics research, to be able to 
um, actually make these instruments. So hydrolophones uh, make their sound by vibrations occurring in water uh, or other liquids. Um, and uh, we were looking back in the past to see if anyone had built something like this before. Now, of course, uh, there are other instruments. You take a wine glass, for example, and fill it with water, and, and, uh, and you can make tones um, or, or bowls that are filled with water. Um, but in those cases, it's not actually the water that's, that's causing the initial vibration. The initial vibration happens in solid matter or sometimes gas uh, blowing air through pipes, and the water only tunes the note or affects the sound somehow. Um, and the same thing with, uh, with the installation uh, using ocean waves, where uh, it's, 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 it's actually requiring uh, air to, uh, to allow the, the, the sound to be emanated. Um, and actually, uh, dolphins and porpoises, uh, when they make their calls uh, underwater, they're actually cheating. So uh, dolphins and porpoises, they ingest uh, a small bubble of water, uh, of air, uh, when they're underwater, and that aids in the sound production. So we were actually looking back in history to see if anyone has actually made an instrument that, uh, that purely makes sound from vibrations in water. And we were looking back, looking back, and eventually we found that the ancient Greeks had an instrument they called the hydrolis, that was their water organ. Uh, but it turns out that the hydrolis only used water as a source of pressure to drive air, force air through pipes. So once again, it's not actually a, a hydrolophonic instrument, it's just an aerophone. So, so it's, it's using water somehow, but, but, uh, but actually air is what's making the initial vibration. So the hydrolophone, what we have now, is, is a new invention over the last few years that we've been working on, and it's the world's first instrument that's actually able to make sound, uh, make, or, or music, uh, from vibrations in liquid. Brian, for those people who want to find out more about you and what you do, where should they go and look for it? What's the best place to find information about you? Uh, well, you, uh, there are many uh, videos of past pieces, some of them with hydrolophone, others with other uh, newly invented instruments and, and orchestral performances. You go to uh, ryanjansen.ca. Uh, Ryan, J-A-N-Z-E-N, dot C-A, uh, and uh, there are quite a few interesting recordings posted. So, Ryan, what is the most important message that you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation with you today? Well, uh, uh, I think, I think uh, having, having a, a conscious effect on the future, having, having an effect that is thought out and that tries to reach towards um, uh, a, a more uh, just and, and, and well thought out future um, has to do with uh, producing and not just consuming uh, and, uh, and thinking as well as doing. Uh, and for me, uh, that has, personally, that has really taken form in making music uh, as well as uh, producing scientific research, and uh, it, it's become very interesting combining those two in the same activity. So combining science and music and nature. Well, yes, and, 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 and kind of uh, uh, keeping in mind, I guess, our, our natural roots uh, and expressing that in a way that, um, that has an impact on people. Brian Jensen. Thank you for being with us today.
Thank you.